Welcome to EO Audio, the officially licensed podcast of the East Oregonian. It's Friday, September 18th, 2015, known around these parts as Roundup Week. We take a quick break from the rodeo today to talk football, first the EO Sports crew, then our NFL pickers, but we'll return Saturday with a uniquely Roundup feature. Check back for that. For those keeping score, our local pickers, Sam, Matt, and Eric, went to combine 19-11 last week, while Tim and Steve got two out of five NFL picks correct. Hello, welcome to week four of the Pigskin Pickers podcast. I'm Matt Entrup uh, with the East Oregonian, here with Sam Barbie of the Hermiston Herald, and... Eric Singer of the East Oregonian. How's it going? <laughs> this is the roundup edition of the Pigskin Pickers. So, Sam, who's your pick for uh, roundup all-around champion? <laughs> Just kidding. Really uh, put me on the spot. <laughs> Trevor Brazil. Uh, all right. That's so actually the name I was going to get. Moving to. along. Uh, last week's Pigskin Pickers, we actually made our picks for the first time in the paper. And Mike Appleton coming out with a 9-1 record. Way to go, Mike, wearing the crown this week. Uh, on the opposite end, Kim Ferguson, 3-7, and seven, wearing the bag. So uh, I'm not going to mention where I finished up. Uh, but uh, going into this week, we've got Pendleton at LeGrand, Hermiston at Springfield, Ione at Sherman, Waitsburg at West McEwen, San Jose State at OSU, Georgia Tech at Notre Dame, Ole Miss at Alabama, BYU at UCLA, and New England at the Bills and the Seahawks at the Packers. Those are the picks for this week. It looks like Pendleton has is the favorite, just barely. Looks like they got about six. LeGrand's got four people going for them. Springfield swept the board. Nobody went with Hermiston. We've got Ione, nine picks over one. Kevin Fisher went with Sherman. We'll see how that works out for him. Uh, Sam, you, me, and Eric are the only ones going with Alessa McEwen. I think we know something they don't. Uh, Oregon State, everybody went with them. Looks like Georgia Tech is about a 6-4 to favorite over Notre Dame. The Bills got three people picking them. Again, oh, no, it's just me, Eric, and Kathy. Sam, you're going to miss out on that one. And... <laughs> Looks like we got a few people jumping off the Seahawks bandwagon already. Um, that one looks like it's a five to five, well, six to four in favor of the Packers. I got a couple Patriots on my fantasy team, so I got to roll with them. All right. Well, you can uh, pick up a copy of the Thursday East Oregonian to check out all those picks for yourself and see uh, exactly who everybody picked. But moving along, we're going to go ahead and pick all the high school games for this podcast and. Before we get going on that, I think uh, we need a big apologies to the one game we all totally blew it on last week, and that's Arlington Monument. Arlington skunked them 61 <laughs> to nothing. Heck of a debut for the Honkers. Boy. Uh, and so, yeah, we, are, we have to apologize for that. <laughs> but going into this week's picks, our first one on the list is Waitsburg at Weston McEwen on Thursday. So we obviously know all of us like Weston McEwen in this game. Uh, Sam, why don't you tell us why you like them? Well, it, it's it's sort of what we were talking about last week, the familiarity thing with the new system and the new coach. You know, the, the new coach came in so late to camp. Um, and just the Weston McEwen's one loss is a two-point loss that, that could have, you know, realistically been a win, too. So 
Um, I think Wesley McHugh is playing pretty well, and I, and I like them. All right. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, I mean, they, they played pretty well week one. Yeah, I got the loss. Uh, played well last week. Yeah, start, starting to put some things mm-hmm. together, um, you know, early in the season. And plus, it's you always have the advantage when you're playing at home. So yeah. that's that's kind of where I uh, leaned with them on yeah. home. Yeah, they're looking for their first home win. That's definitely going to be a big motivator. Uh, Waitsburg, kind of a team similar to Grant Union, I think, going to come in and want to look to throw the ball a lot. So they've seen that already. They they should be able to adjust to it. I think it'll be a really close game, uh, kind of like that one against Grant Union, but uh, obviously going West McEwen. Then we got the Dowels coming into Mack High. Uh, Mack High still looking for their first one of the year. Haven't really been close in either of the first two weeks. Um, what do we got going on with the Dows here? They are 0-2. and 2 as yeah. well. But uh, putting they got 40 points at least uh, in their favor, so they're at least finding the end zone a little bit. Uh, what do you guys think on that one? <laughs> it's it's one of those kind of kind of a toss up game uh, for for me. You know, uh, two 0-2 and two schools that haven't really shown much, uh, but um, I think. Yeah, you know, I think being a being a bigger school with uh, being a bigger school with the Dales, and you know they've they had just a little bit more offensive uh, outpouring right now. I guess I'm uh-huh. with them. Yeah, well, the Dallas usually has some big kids along the line, uh, so yeah, they 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 should definitely give uh, Weston McEwen a, a physical problem, uh, or I'm sorry, Mack High. They would give Weston McEwen a physical problem as well, but uh, I think they'll they'll give Mack High some trouble. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Dallas as well, and. Sam, you gonna disagree with us? It's it's a pick 'em. Um, it, it really is a coin flip. Um, the Dow's smallest school in in the five A CRC, um, smallest roster at least at least considering last year's numbers. Um, it'll be a good opportunity for them to get a win against a smaller school, but at the same time, it'll be a good opportunity for Mag High to get a to get a win against a five A program that's kind of down. Um, I'm gonna lead towards the bigger school. I'm gonna lead towards the Dow's. Yeah, Dow's. All yeah, right. I'm, I'm going to apologize for <laughs> saying the school wrong. I'm sorry. You don't need to apologize. None of them are going to be listening to us. Uh, so now we got Hermiston at Springfield. Uh, the Bulldogs definitely uh, testing themselves. I mean, they are not facing any easy teams uh, this year, and Springfield is not going to get any easier. Um, I'm just going to have to go with Springfield off the bat. I don't think it's going to be close again. Uh, but I, I do think this tough, tough preseason schedule is going to help Hermiston out a lot once they get into league play. Oh, definitely. It was it, it's it was the same situation they had last year when they knew they had a good team and they wanted to get their tests in at some point because they knew that the five A uh, the the CRC wasn't going to be the most difficult route to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's it's it's sort of doing the same thing in reverse now. It's sort of been a trial by fire. See if you know how how good are we now, um, and and then you know maybe maybe they get a win, maybe they don't, but it'll definitely set up well for for a strong CRC run, considering where the mm-hmm. league is. Yeah, now you know last week uh, seems like the offense may have taken a step backward, but you know they they were definitely facing a much tougher mm-hmm. opponent as well. Yes. Uh, what do you think you know the keys this week are for for you know the the quarterback Deshaun Neal and and getting that offense some more consistency? Well, it, the, the First thing for a young quarterback is to take care of the football. Uh, that's such a cliche anymore, but mm-hmm. you can't turn the ball over against a good team on the road. Uh, they're going to have to run the ball. That's that was as, as much as they threw it last year. That was the foundation of what they did. They were able to run the ball. They were physical up front. They controlled the line of scrimmage and made passing easy. Um, they're going to have to do those two things against a really big, strong Springfield team. 
they beat Westview 26-23 in their opener, and they beat their rival Thurston 55-29 in Week 2. They are currently the top-ranked team in the 5A ranks, according to OregonLive.com. Um, it'll be a tough test. Number 12, Trevor Watson, Springfield's quarterback. He's a really good player. Um, he gave Hermiston fits last year in a 28-21 Hermiston win. And it's not the same Hermiston mm-hmm. team. I, I got to go with Matt on this one. It's, it's going to be Springfield. Yeah. It's going to be ugly. Well, you know, we, we, we all know that we picked Springfield. But uh, to play devil's advocate here, what's the, you know, how could Hermiston get a win in this? Short of a major injury, <laughs> uh, they're going to have to just they're force a bunch of turnovers. Um Play special teams really well. They gotta they gotta do the you know the not traditional things to win this game because Springfield's bigger and stronger and faster and that and so to do you know they gotta be disciplined. No no penalties. Can't turn the ball over. Um, maybe get a couple cheap touch cheap touchdowns and a, and a pick six or a fumble return or something. That they have to catch a lot of breaks in this game. All right. So looking for breaks in Springfield. Uh, Pendleton at Legrand. Probably not going to need uh, as many breaks to go their way, but Lugrand definitely seems like they're up this year. Um, a few people went with them in the pickers. None of us, <laughs> it appears. Uh, I think this is going to be a close one. I think Pendleton needs to come out and play Lugrand even better than they played Ontario. And if they don't, they could very well be coming home with a little bit of an embarrassing loss. You never want to lose to the smaller classification. Yeah. I'd- Last, you know, uh, the first week against Summit, the the story was that their, you know, their defense just couldn't keep up with Summit's offense. Last week against uh, Ontario, the defense was a completely different unit, and they held the uh, Ontario running backs to only like, I think, I believe it was like negative three net yards rushing. <laughs> wow. uh, which, I mean, they, you know, Ontario just couldn't get anything going, uh, adding in Q, uh, QB sacks left and right. You know, it was complete domination by the defense, but. It was the offense that had the issues, uh, turnovers, and just not not being able to get the ball moving and find a rhythm. Um, to, to they're going to have to find that, find the rhythm, and and get that unit going this week, and keep their defense going as well uh, to to get the win. And special teams is still going to be an issue. It's still an issue uh, for Pendleton. You know, they gave up a couple kick return touchdowns week one. Didn't give up any touchdowns last week, but uh, had a couple you know missed tackles and a couple longer runs on. Blown coverages and stuff. It was it was yeah. a point that Davis, Coach Davis, made that he's definitely gonna have to work on in practice. Yeah, and the Grand's gonna be a, a tough test on that offense. Their defense has only given up nine points this year, albeit to three uh, A Nissa and a, a, a winless Weezer Idaho uh, squad. But uh, all the same, playing at home, uh, it seems like this is gonna be. Possibly another low-scoring game, like like they saw against Ontario, until Pendleton was able to pull away. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next game on the list, we're looking at Irrigan at Umatilla. Now, this one I know we've got some split on here on the panel, and I know that uh, Sam is thinking Umatilla possibly in this game. Uh, what what do you see in the Vikings that, that makes you think that? I, it's it's in the defense. Um, Umatilla's allowed 12 points all season. Oh, it's all season. It's two games. Not really. It's a long time. Uh, but they've played you know pretty well against against a Pilot Rock team that can throw it around a little bit. They got some athletes and against a Union Cove team that put it to them last year. Um, I like that. Now I I, I watched Oregon play last Friday night in the 53 to nothing win over Enterprise, and they looked they looked really good. Uh, Carlos Zacharias. Yeah, was, what about that kid? I, I mean, I mean, six touches and 230 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, 
That's so he taking like twenty yard strides or something. <laughs> he, I mean, just they're just running wing T sweeps, and he's just coming around the corner, and no one's there, and yeah. he's not gonna stop running. <laughs> Um, Speed kills. I, it looks like the Knights have a ton of it. This yeah, year. I mean, and add in Freddie Vera and quarterback Nathan Burley can run it a little bit too. They got they got three athletes on that offense that that they really rely on. The, it's going to come down to Irrigan Speed versus Umatilla's physicality and size. Mm-hmm. Um, Umatilla is 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 a pretty good sized team um, for for three A, mm-hmm. and and that's going to be the battle. That's what head coach Mike Mosier told me. It's going to come down to between Irrigan Speed which they have a lot of, and Umatilla's size and physicality, which they also have a lot of, too. All That's right. why I like Umatilla. I think if Umatilla can, you know, it's the all-important battle at the line of scrimmage, yeah. uh, but if they can keep Zacharias and, and Vera contained, because they're going to get theirs, uh, I like Umatilla at home. Sounds like it's going to be a big night for the DBs to kind of clinch yes. in that defense, yep. keep it between yep. the hash marks. Yep. All right, well, sounds like it could be a, a heck of a fight out there. Uh, I'm going to go with Irrigan on this one. Uh, these guys don't seem like they're going to be slowing down anytime soon. And uh, quite frankly, I want to see you, Matilla, uh, play a team yep. in their own classification mm-hmm. uh, before I buy in <laughs> sure. on, on that. Sure, <laughs> that's reasonable. So so my pick is Irrigan. I'm going Irrigan as well. I also got to say something about Irrigan's helmets. They have the coolest helmets in the area. <laughs> they're silver. They're like the silver flaky paint stuff, and they have the old-fashioned Michigan leather strips on it. Uh, they have leather on their helmets? Well, no, 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 no. It's, it's the, the, faux, the faux leather, the fake right, leather, right? right. Yes. But they, look, they, they look good, man. They look good. <clears throat> All right. Well, yeah, we saw the saw your photos in the EO. They, they do look good. Um, going on, we got Gaston at Riverside. I don't think we know anything about it's, Gaston at this point. It's a toss-up. I mean, I, I looked at uh, Gaston's schedule. They played, you know, they played two games, lost both of them. Uh, and they were both blowouts uh, mm-hmm. against them, you know. And Riverside's also and two, you know. So it's it's pretty much a to- toss up at, at this point. Um, but you know, so yeah. because of that, I think I'm, I'm going to pick Riverside. All right. Well, Gaston does have a long bus ride ahead of them yeah. to get out here. Uh, Riverside doesn't seem like they've been uh, totally out of the games they've played at least at certain points. Um, they, they at least seem to have a little bit of, of something going there. They just kind of falling into the same trap that they were running into last year, finishing a game out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a it's a good week to give Riverside a pick. Uh, I think I think going uh, against Gaston here, which like you said hasn't been close in any other games on the road. May as well go with the Pirates. Yeah, I like the Pirates sniffing out a win. All right. When when you smell those things, you you go for them. Yeah. Well, let's hope so. I mean, it's been a while since mm-hmm. uh, we've been able to talk about a Riverside win. It'd be nice to see them get that. Pilot Rock going to Union uh, for their second game. Union has a win over uh, Riverside and a loss to Umatilla. Or yeah, Umatilla. Um, they uh, a little bit lower scoring game than the one that Pilot Rock played against Umatilla last week, but it was in the mud and and whatnot. Uh, you guys thinking this one could be a close one out there? From, from what I've seen, it's it's kind of another toss up for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm still still learning learning the area, learning the schools, but yeah, it's kind of a toss up looking at this the schedules. Yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I mean it seems like Pilot Rock struggled to to get their offense going mm-hmm. last week against a, a good defense. Union obviously has a good defense. Um, this will be maybe a game that comes down to how well Pilot Rock can uh, slow down the Bobcats. I think Union's probably going to knock them off in this one. 
Yeah, I'm going to roll with Union, too. Sweet for the Bobcats. All right, going into Grant Union at Stanfield. Uh, you know, Grant Union got stomped last week at home against Hepner. I think Stanfield's a team that could uh, give Hepner a run for its money this year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Stanfield to get this one. They I mean they came off you know won a huge game mm-hmm. against Tri Cities Prep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan Grogan. I mean, Sam, what what about the the what he what does he meant to having him back for that? He, team? He's he's everything because he can let Tyler Munkus be Tyler Munkus and mm-hmm. and get the ball on the perimeter and, and beat people there. And he can you know he's he's a heady guy. He can he can run the offense. He's the point guard on the basketball team. Um, he he's he he means the world to that team in terms of leadership, in terms of uh, versatility, in terms of just you know Michael Irvin playmaker. He can he can just do things, and and it's it's obvious how different this Stanfield team is now because it's not they didn't lose that much in terms of seniors from from last year's team, but they have a healthy Dylan Grogan for more than a quarter, and it's really showing. They've scored ninety seven points and allowed seventeen, yeah, and two wins, uh, in, including a shutout. That you you can't really argue with that. No, I don't think he can. And Grogan, I think, had something like 300-something all-purpose yards yeah. last week, three or four, four, four touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. And then Munkus adds on, like, another 200-something running. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how how well they work together in the backfield. Yeah. Let's look for the Tigers to keep rolling in that one. Uh, Enterprise at Hepner. Again, this is an Enterprise team that hasn't shown us a lot this year. Hepner already has shown that they are on the ball. I mean, Greg Grant will tell you, Coach Greg Grant will tell you, they've got plenty of things they can still work on. Sure. Um, but uh, he's really nitpicking uh, for a 2A team, and that's a great place to be in this early in the season. And so Hepner, I, I believe, gets another big win. Yeah, Hepner's, Hepner's shown that they're, they're, they're still good this year. So, uh, yeah, I'm going for Mustangs. Enterprise has yet to score an offensive point. I'm going with Hepner. <laughs> great stat. South Wasco at Arlington. All right, now we know the Honkers. Uh, <laughs> we know they can definitely play. They got offense and, and defense. Uh, South Wasco, a team that hasn't uh, quite found its stride yet since uh, having to go on an independent slate a couple seasons back. Um, I'm liking Arlington to get another win in this. Uh, they've completely won me over with that, even though it's mo- just Monument Dayville. I mean, it's been a while, I think. I think it's been a while since Arlington's put up a, a score like that, and so, you know, this could be a good year for them. Yeah, they, Arlington's got the momentum off that that, uh, that their first win and being at home now. I think it's gonna put the game in their favor. You got to be careful though. They got to be careful to not play last week's result this game, and, and that's that's the one thing to be careful about. But it's uh, a good point. It's, a team that hasn't seen a lot of success. Mm-hmm. We'll see how they handle mm-hmm. it now. Exactly. I still like Arlington, but that's something to watch for with them is playing last week's result. Okay, and I own it, Sherman. Uh, this is a game that probably in the last few seasons w- our pickers would have gone all Sherman, but this year almost all I own. Uh, what do you guys think is the difference in, in just the sway this season? It's, I mean, I own I own's one on one, but you know when I've talked to their coach uh, before the season and after last week's game, he really likes the progress of his team. He really likes the progress of his defense. Um, that was. He didn't want to call it like a sign, a point of concern, but it was just something that he just wasn't exactly sure of where that unit was going to be. Um, he, he thinks they're more, more a more complete team this year, um, which is you know, against a team like Sherman is definitely going to work in their favor. And, you know, for Sherman this year, they're zero and two, but they have played uh, you know bigger schools uh, that that have kind of 
uh, skewed those those uh, those losses, but uh, I, I still like Iona in this game. Yeah, me too. And I, I mean, I'm sure it's happened before in in high school football. Certainly, eight man, but Cord Flynn running for a touchdown, receiving for a touchdown, and throwing a touchdown last wow. week. I mean, the, the trifecta. Yep. What can't this kid do? Put him on the offensive line. He'll probably throw a few pancake blocks. <laughs> um, I like Ione to keep the momentum going. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to talk real quick about uh, the Italian exchange student. This is an item that didn't make it in the paper, but he, he had a lateral in the game. Um, his rugby background came into play. <laughs> this is, uh, is going to be one of the, the more fun storylines to follow this year. How many laterals do we get out of, out of that kid? So... Uh, it's all, it's all fun and a win. Are they running? Are they running plays up to get him laterals? No, it's <laughs> it, just, it just it just worked out that Instincts. way. Instincts. <laughs> and our last game on the list: Harper Huntington playing Echo in Baker. Uh, Echo is is Clay Jensen going to be under center this week? That's a big question. Do you know? I haven't heard anything different. Um, I can I can make some calls, but I, I haven't heard is I haven't heard is is he hurt? Like I, he left he left last week's game and didn't return. Uh, I was, well, was told with a hip injury. That's that's never a good sign. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm looking terrible, being horribly uninformed at the moment. Um, that's going to be a big loss though if they don't have Clay Jensen. Um, mm-hmm. He's he is the leader of that team. Um, and 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 he's I, I don't know who else they have to play quarterback. It's you know small school, not very many kids. You don't just cycle another kid yeah. in there, you know. Uh, but Echo's playing pretty well. Uh, 58-14 win over South Wasco, and then the forty four twelve loss to that upstart Ion team. Uh, Harper Huntington though not in good shape. Fifty six eight loss to Powder Valley week one, and a sixty two to eight week two loss to at Elgin. Um, I still like Echo. I, I think they can they can scrap together some things, maybe run the ball a little bit more. Yeah, it um, sounds like Echo has enough playmakers. That yeah, they, can, um, they, 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 they do. They, 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 have, they have some running backs who, who can run the ball, and, and, and their offensive line's good enough. Um, I, Clay Jensen's a big loss going forward. Um, this week, though, I'm not sure how big of a loss, if he's even not. If he's, if he's All even right. Out. So Jensen or not, uh, it sounds like we're going to go Echo on this one. Game probably a little closer if he's not playing, but uh, Cougars get the win on the road. And so that wraps up our picks for the Pigskin Picker podcast. We'll see you all next week. Welcome to week two of the NFL Pigskin podcast. This is Tim Trainer along with Steve Hill. And I guess we'll start it off uh, talking about last week. We went two and three. And Steve, you're two big, you're two big teams. 0-2, oh, I hate to throw you under the bus like that, but uh, what happened? Rough start to the season, huh? I could be spending a lot of time under the bus this season, I think. <laughs> uh, it's What a week one. I mean, uh, where do we start, Tim? We can probably start with Seattle and how that game uh, was right there for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kept battling back. We were texting back and forth. I think you were ready to write them off fairly early, those Seahawks. Yep. I was urging you to hang in there. And, uh, you know, you're talking about the curse. You want to tell our listeners a little bit about that? Well, I mean, I just don't think a team has ever lost a Super Bowl as painfully and soul-crushingly as they did last year. And I just figure that has to that has to mean something. And it – you know, we did need to revisit the whole Super Bowl thing, and I know yeah. we're we're recording this, you know, after everything hit the papers and so forth. But I just got to say that 
They handed it to Lynch. They needed a yard, game yeah. on the line, and what happened? Yeah. And so, um, yes, I did have to joke around that they should have passed. But looking <laughs> back on it, I mean, I think a lot of people need to acknowledge that uh, maybe Pete Carroll had something to chew on, and it wasn't so obvious at the end of the Super Bowl. But um, but I'll just leave it there. Yeah, but that, but that same, was some irony. At there. the same time, that team was up by seven in the fourth quarter with the game one and covered. They, you know, that what killed them was their secondary, and and that's that's that was their that's been their best best part part of that team for a long time. And yeah, and I mean, uh, uh, Legion of Room, not Doom. I don't know, but all day, I mean, we saw those receivers wide open. Yep. Uh, against Seattle's, you know very talented secondary so we're all scratching our heads wondering how important chancellor's absence is uh i frankly am taking the position that i don't like his holdout i think his contract was relatively fresh uh but what do you think tim i i think he means a ton to that team i think he was underrated as part of uh, he probably the best secondary player they had yeah. And uh, I, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to argue about the contract, but that team's a lot better with him there. And uh, the quicker they get him in, the, the better that team's going to be, and they need him. And I wonder, you know, how much pressure his uh, locker room's putting on him to get back uh, and play. Yep. And I always wonder, you know, whether the scheme they had, you know, is a function of chancellor being gone or whether they truly thought that uh, the next man up was going to be good enough but it it looked pretty uh lopsided out there where chancellor is supposed to be holding down the fort yep all right so we we lost that game sunday we had early winners with the dolphins covering uh on the road against washington we we uh had the Bengals who won we were up by 30 early uh that was an easy winner we we uh kind of Hunted one away there on Dallas, who seemed like the better team that just didn't didn't do things enough, didn't do enough right things, didn't hold on to the ball, didn't committed too many turnovers. Uh, would put us two two and two into Monday night, and and your boys the the Vikings, the guys in purple, uh, kind of really kept us from having a nice you know over five hundred start to the year with a with a real egg lay. What happened there Monday night? Well, Monday night, as you know, if you want to cry, you can you can cry. Yeah, I know, and I brought place. my daughter in here to keep me under control. Yep. Yep. Uh, Kate's here with me, but, uh, you know, we, as you know, Tim, you came over. We had the grill going. We had a doubleheader, uh, had an Eagles fan in the house for game one, and the Eagles and Vikings, who had really gotten a lot of attention as teams ready to break out and excite everyone, just, it was just awful, yep. and, uh, you know, when it comes to the Eagles, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what happened, but uh, Atlanta looked good. Yep, they looked really good, yep. and um, you know, that's a good home team. That is a good home team, and we'll see uh, how the Eagles do uh, bouncing back uh, at home, uh, game two, uh, hosting Dallas yep. without Dez. But um, that was a surprise to me. I thought the Eagles would be better. And then uh, when we transitioned to the Vikings, uh, as Coach Zimmer said at halftime, he didn't even know what team was out there. I mean, after doing so well in the preseason, high hopes for Teddy Bridgewater, and it just seemed like the Vikings were out of sync, kind of like Philly was with timing. 
and uh, it just it just was awful. I've been reading the Minneapolis newspapers, and they just said, you know, it was just a stinker, no other way to describe it, both sides of the football, and we hope it's a mulligan. Yeah. I mean, if maybe they're not as good as everyone thought they might be, but they're not that bad either. They're not as bad as they were week one, somewhere in, in the middle. Yeah, it's just we were all excited about Adrian Peter Adrian Peterson's return, yeah. and uh, he just couldn't get going. And I suppose that's a credit to all those players who put in the, you know, preseason time and they, you know, are fresh and closer to the game. But knowing now that you can't take a year off and not play in the preseason, <laughs> expect yeah. to light it right. up in game one. I guess yeah. that's part of it. All right. Well, as we look forward here to week two, I mean, I always thought week two, the key, the gambling key is don't overreact to one week of games, right? We saw Tennessee just clobber some teams. We saw uh, Cleveland get demolished. We saw Oakland get demolished. We saw uh, just some, some teams look really bad and really good. And the key here, I think, is to not judge too much just on week one and, and kind of see these teams as they as they really are instead of just a one-week wonder or one-week uh, terror, right? Yeah, and I think that uh, I got a big reminder anyway that you know the Sharps look at a home team receiving more than three points as a really good bet. Yep. And so as we went over this week's games, I think we sort of had that in mind. But once again, uh, we find ourselves leaning toward the favorites. Yeah, we got four out of five favorites this week uh, for our uh, five picks for the week. So why don't we uh, start off with who we took first. We took uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers at home, six-point favorites over the 49ers. You watched that 49ers team Monday night. Uh, they – handed it to you do you think uh, they're that good I don't and I think your comment about not overreacting I think we right. gotta that's uh, exactly right yeah. we gotta not get on that train just yeah. yet I think they kind of played out of their minds and we'll see how they do with expectations turned to you know into positive expectations I think teams can sometimes play very loose when there are no expectations and that's the atmosphere that San Francisco had going into the Vikings game on Monday uh, we'll see what happens week well, two. They had a big block kick. They had a fu- uh, they had a punt return fumble. Like a good team would have taken advantage of those, and the Niners on their heels really early, and that's a different game. So I like Pittsburgh. They, they you know they went into New England with all that, uh, just all off the field stuff and the defending champs in Foxborough. They weren't going to win that game. They still played fine. They were in it late. Uh, they're they're a really good team. They're going to win a lot of games. They cover this by a touchdown. I think. I think so too. All right, uh, so that's our early game here. We're also going down uh, to the St. Louis Rams, who uh, impressed you last week. Uh, they're three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Washington. And we're not saying the, uh, the name of the Washington football team. We slipped up on that last week. But we're just calling them the Washington football team. So the St. Louis Rams, three-and-a-half-point favorites at Washington. What, why are you going that way? I was really impressed by St. Louis, especially uh, defensively. And uh, I just think that uh, – Washington is still struggling, and I don't think we're overreacting taking yeah. St. Louis, yeah. uh, giving three and a half. Yeah, that's that's a team that's been on the cusp for a couple of years. Maybe they they got a they got a new quarterback. They got a, the same great defense. They they outplayed Seattle. You know that was a tough game through the through the line, uh, and they outplayed them in the end. Uh, yeah, I think they go into Washington and get a win under two and zero, and and you got to start talking about them. I agree. All right, well, we're going to take our first uh, 
underdog of the week. We're going with those Atlanta Falcons who we said play good at home in the Dome. Now they're going on the road to a notoriously windy, nasty place to the New York Giants, and they're, and they're two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Why do you think they can uh, go on the road and win? I really like Matty Ice. I think he's got a lot of weapons, yeah. and I think that the clock management criticism that Eli uh, got after uh, – you know, how things went down in the Dallas game. They had that game one. He didn't understand how many timeouts were left. He threw the ball in the red zone at the end of the game when he should have taken a sack, so yep. forth, told one of his running backs not to score. That's been all over the papers. And I just think some of that uh, bad mojo is going to uh, affect the yeah. game against Atlanta. Yeah. that I mean, that Giants team, they had that game one, too. But they had a defensive touchdown. They, uh, I don't know. I wasn't impressed. I don't think the Giants are good. Maybe they're going to prove us wrong. But I think we're going to try to try to beat them while, while the line is short. And I think they, those lines might get a little bigger towards the end of the year. We'll take Atlanta to win in a field goal. And Roddy White looked good for Atlanta. Yeah. Everybody's talking about Julia. Is it Julio Jones? Is yep, that Julio? Yep. Julio Jones. Yeah. Um, you know, the big contract, so forth. But don't. Right yep. off, Roddy had that elbow issue uh, before the season started, but he looked great. Yep. All right. Well, we'll go to our Sunday afternoon game then. Uh, we're taking the Eagles, five-point favorites over Dallas. Uh, gosh, what do you think on this one? We, we backed Dallas last week. We just talked about how the Eagles were impressive. What the heck? We're ba- when we're putting our money, money on them this week? Well, you know, I think the Vikings and the Eagles are going to right their respective ships somewhat. But Dallas without Dez uh, tipped me towards going with yep. Philly yep. rather than arguing for my Vikes again. Yep. Yeah, I think Philly. Like, same. you know, we watched the, that, that Philly-Atlanta game. It could have gone either way. Uh, Philly, towards the end, of the end of the second half, they looked like they were moving the ball fast. They'll get some good drives in this game. They'll, they don't want to go into – Dallas feel like they stole one last week. These teams will both be one and one, and probably be a you know battling for the NFC East towards the end of the year. Right, and Bradford, you know, I I liked how he played, and there were so many dropped balls for the yeah. Eagles, both on yeah. offense and defense. If they can clean that up, I mean, without those drops, Philly would have had a great game on Monday. Yeah, yep. I always liked him as a quarterback. He's not hasn't been able to stay healthy, and who knows if he'll be there in Week 15? But he's there in Week Two, and we might as well bet him while he's there, huh? All right, and this this might go deep deep to you. Uh, we're going to the Packers and the Seahawks, and we're taking the Packers. You're off the Seahawk bandwagon in one week. Is that the overreaction we were warning against earlier? Um, what do you think? Well, here's the deal. Uh, there's something about Lambeau Field. I'm I'm on the Lambeau Field bandwagon more yep. than I'm on the Seattle as a team bandwagon. Yep. I think that. Uh, it's a magical place to play, Lambeau. It's their home opener. And I think that Green Bay, uh, albeit without Jordy Nelson, uh, had tremendous success with its offense against a Chicago team that I think played pretty well. So uh, I'll take Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau, even playing uh, a Seahawks team that I like. Yeah, and the Seattle Seahawks start knowing too. That would be, be an interesting start for them for sure. So two and three in week one. Uh, in week two, we're going to make it back. Our, our bets for the week are Pittsburgh minus six, St. Louis minus three and a half, Atlanta plus two and a half, Philadelphia minus five, and Green Bay minus three and a, three and a half. Kate, you want to send us off uh, with some good luck for week two? 
Kate, how did I do with the Vikings? Yeah. Is it okay that we're not taking the Vikings? Is the house still standing? That's what we want to know. Did he burn down the house? Did he knock anything over? Did he break some vases or anything? I don't know. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> well done. All, All right. right. Um, on the uh, for those wondering uh, how the super contest uh, competitors <laughs> did uh, every week. Uh, the super contest folks on Saturday will release the consensus picks and they'll give the top five games that uh, were chosen by the most participants and uh, the smart guys went five and oh how'd we do again Tim two and three oof so we got we're you know we're three games back but that's all right we want to we want to be from you know having a nice pace but yeah we can't you can't fall too far behind 500 we got to get some wins here gets back to you know, let's have a four and one, five and a week, and we're back in it. And I have nothing uh, against telling you congratulations on a great Bengals yes. win. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that was our best bet. That was a never in doubt. The Bengals look great. I, I'm interested in them this week. You know, again, this Chargers team is giving them trouble, but that's some of the overreaction I think that we got to stay away from. They look great, but they played the Raiders. So let's see if they are there for real. And Tim, if anybody wants to weigh in over the internet, yes. how do they do that? I'll give you the right email address this week it's audio a-u-d-i-o at eastoregonian.com we'd love to hear from you and we'll be back next week with week three picks and a recap of our undefeated week two week go Bengals! all right adios guys